How's everybody doing? Pretty good? Ready to hear about skin and hooves and what else are we talking about? What else you want me to talk about? Joints, there you go. I knew there was something I was forgetting. Uh, horse joints. Oh, we can talk about people joints too. That's okay. Uh, for those of you that don't know me, my name's Dan Moore. I'm from Tennessee. Um, long way from here. Um, not your traditional veterinarian anymore. I used to practice conventional medicine. Had a couple clinics in Tennessee. Um, had four veterinarians that worked with me. All the wonderful stuff that goes along with veterinary practice. But in, in 92, I sold those traditional clinics. Didn't practice for a couple of years. Kind of allowed me to step back from the rat race of making a living at veterinary medicine and, and explore some new uh, new ideas, some new opportunities, studying uh, different holistic, more more natural approach to healthcare. So if uh, if you pick up on a little more natural orientation today, I hope it's okay with you. Uh, if you uh, agree, if you disagree with me, just so we can agree to disagree. Hopefully that'll be all right, because I definitely have a little different twist to healthcare. Um, I've been there, done the regular, and I found a much, much more efficient, better way for our health and for our horses' health. So that's going to, I'm sure, bleed out a little bit today. Um, I know that uh, skin care is just a huge issue. We've spoken about allergies uh, yesterday. We spoke about allergies yesterday. I think we're going to speak about allergies again tomorrow. So we probably won't focus quite as much on that today, but I'll be happy to answer any specific questions on that. Um, of course, that's a big part of skin care. But the reason I kind of throw skin in with hooves is skin is connective tissue just like hooves. And anything that we do for the hooves is probably also going to help the skin. Joints, tendons, ligaments, muscles, those are also connective tissue. Pretty much anything we do for the hooves is also going to help the lungs. It's also going to help the rest of the body too um, and help the joints and so on. Lungs, joints, it's all connective tissue. So when we talk about one aspect of it, we're going to be covering a lot of aspects. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, one of the most confusing things out there as far as joint care that I see or hear and get questions about is joint supplements. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, there's tons of them out there, right? Yeah, exactly, tons of them. Uh, and there's all kinds. There's some, one thing for sure, most of them have glucosamine, okay? Some of them have chondroitin. Some of them have vitamin C, some of them have manganese, some of them have MSM. So let's just talk about joint supplements in general just a little bit so maybe we can give you a little focus. Uh, hopefully in the end you'll like our product, but I'm not going to give you a commercial on our product. But um, MSM, what is MSM? It's basically a source of sulfur. And sulfur is important for any healing in the body. Okay, uh, It's kind of a cheap source of sulfur. Not something we use a lot in our products, but it, it, it's good. I mean, it's okay. To buy it separately on its own, um, I don't think you get a whole lot of bang for your buck, okay, regardless. But we do need a source of sulfur. Um, we've chosen a little different route of sulfur. We like to uh, use things like garlic and grapeseed and uh, another ingredient called N-acetylcysteine, which is like a amino acid type uh, derivative it's, it provides a source of sulfur uh, better sulfur than anything but sulfurs are important with any glucosamine product okay because they have to actually 
combined with sulfur or glucosamine does to do any good. Okay? You've probably heard of glucosamine sulfate. Some products have just glucosamine hydrochloride and some have glucosamine sulfate. The sulfate's kind of a stepped up version from just the glucosamine because it already has a sulfurs attached to it. Does that make sense? Okay? And then there's chondroitin. Well, chondroitin's kind of the end product. It's actually um, comes from cartilage, comes from other uh, natural sources of um, actual connective tissue itself. All of these things have the same function and the same end result if they're sulfur present. Okay, obviously the better the sulfur, the more um, efficient they're going to be too. So glucosamine alone, if you have sulfur, is probably going to give you the most bang for the buck though. Okay. Um, now before I go any further, I want to make sure I cover all of the problems that you might have. So if you don't mind, why don't you just tell me some of the things you have. Anyone have a horse with laminitis in here? Okay. So we might talk about that a little bit, okay? Try to cover that issue for you. Anything else? Just hoof problems in general. Trim wrong, they said no, his cotton board has no alignment. Okay, so he's actually had a laminitis and had some rotation. Okay. Any, anybody else? Yes? Navicular. Navicular. Okay. All right. Very good. Yes? Okay. Extensive bruising. All right. Anything else? Arthritis. Arthritis in general. Okay, well, these are, yes? They tell me my horse has degenerative ligament disease. Degenerative ligament disease, okay. Suspensory ligament, probably. Okay, more down above the hoof. Ring bone, anybody have a horse with ring bone? Yep. Okay, um, anything else? Yes. Uh, not exactly sure if it's a ligament, but a stifle joint. Stifle joint. Oh, wow, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a little ways from the hooves, but let's talk about that because yeah. it's joints for joint. sure. Yeah, that's right. You got that right. You know, the stifle's kind of like our knee. Yes. Abscess, okay. All right, that's cool. Um, since we're on, we mentioned stifles, we'll start at the top and work our way down. Um, when you talk about stifles, you you need to even back up and go all the way to the back because most stifle problems start in the back. I bet you haven't heard that anywhere, have you? I have yet to have a stifle that I haven't been able to fix with an adjustment to the back. It's pretty incredible. I mean, it's just amazing how that how the connection is there. But, of course, the stifle is a joint, and the more we can lubricate the joints with these joint supplements and so on, the better. Um, Stifle, basically you've got a kneecap like ours and then it kind of rides in a little trough okay? That, and supported on the top, stretched out in this little trough. And what happens is the stifle, the kneecap, if you would, can get hung up on the side. And then that's when they hitch. That's what happens with the stifle problem. And they can do that if the angle's off a little bit or, of course, if they've had an injury, they could do that. But with the... When you adjust the back, you actually can straighten that alignment up and they don't have a tendency to slip as bad. Uh, it's phenomenal what you can do with a chiropractic adjustment and anytime you have any joint issue, I mean, I highly recommend it. I have to tell you a story on that though. When I was in vet school, so they don't teach us chiropractic in vet school, um, I'd, came, I'd come home for a Christmas vacation and my mother was having a back problem. And, I, and she said, you know, I think I'm going to go to a chiropractor. She'd never been to one and I never had. And uh, I said, Mom, don't go to a chiropractor. They're just quacks. 
And now I am one. <laughs> so obviously my thought process has changed tremendously. It is phenomenal with these horses, though. I mean, they can just kind, of, just kind of lay your head on your shoulder and say, thanks, Doc, I needed that. I mean, that's kind of the response we get. Uh, and you can imagine how much damage they have to their back. I mean, we jump up on them. They were many times on exercising to start with, just ride them and all this weight. My goodness. Um, Chiropractors are fantastic. Uh, unfortunately, it's not totally accepted yet as far as the general field of health care, but it's coming. Uh, it's coming. And it is phenomenal. So I highly recommend it, especially for any joint issue, any, especially stifles. They just flat out work. And any, any lameness, any lameness that you have, period, I think you should get a chiropractor just to check them to start with, if you can, if you can find one. Um, because a lot of times your lamenesses are compensatory type lamenesses. You know, they might be out or, or in a situation where they're just not traveling properly. And subsequently they have um, even concussion type fracture. I mean, not fractures, but, you know, too much weight on one particular area that just makes an abscess, for instance, could. Uh, not the biggest cause of abscesses, but could. Or where's the joint in that particular area? It's a big problem that people have with their knees and so on. It's back problems, as we know. So definitely start there. Massage is okay. I think it helps, but there's nothing like adjusting the back. Now, I don't mean you're not actually physically moving the bones in a horse anyway. You're not physically moving the bones in a person anyway. All you're doing, literally, with chiropractic is setting up a vibration so that the body heals itself. Kind of triggering the body to heal itself. And you do that with a, a rapid movement or with, with a little activator. I use a little spring-activated device that actually just puts in a vibration. And it's just it's like kind of like when you have a, a problem with the back or with the nerve of any type. It's like a, a kink in a hose. Okay, so the nervous energy can't flow, the blood, whatever. You know, but it's like a kink in the hose. And when you give a chiropractic adjustment, you're actually just setting up a vibration to kind of get that kink out. And it's kind of like shaking the hose, you know, how it, how it will get the kink out. And, and sometimes you might need another chiropractic adjustment because when you have a kink in the hose, sometimes there's a memory there, you know, where it's going to kink again in that same spot. Um, we actually use an activator, which is, like I say, a little spring-loaded device. A veterinarian who was a veterinary neurosurgeon taught me this technique. And, you know, he talked about being criticized. I mean, he was, his story was this. He had never, um, he started dating a chiropractor. And he used to do surgery on, on, animal, on small animals especially. You know, they'd come in paralyzed and he'd do surgery and then they'd get better sometimes. But anyway, he started dating a chiropractor. And uh, one night he had an emergency while they were out on a, one of their early dates and he was going to have to do surgery and call the date short and this and that. And she said, well, why don't you just let me fix it? And instead of him doing surgery, she fixed the dog just like that and it went home, you know, from paralyzed to going home. And, and then he really started thinking and started investigating and studying. And before long, he felt like that and was, was teaching the technique that he learned. And that's who I learned it from. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I never got the rest of it. Yes, yes, we married the chiropractor. But the spine is kind of like a breaker box in the house. You know how if you have a breaker that's blown, you might not have lights to the kitchen. If you have a breaker that's blown uh, and a spine, each of the vertebrae being like a breaker, you may not have the right nervous energy or electricity or whatever, or nerve supply, blood supply, or whatever going to that particular area. 
So once you shake that, once you get that vibration set up, you get that breaker thrown back on, then things start working again. It's, it's pretty amazing. So any joint issue, for sure, start there. Even skin issues, um, but especially joints and hooves. There's a lot you can do with the hooves. There's things you can do with the hooves. Um, there's actually what we call teen points on the hoof. And right in the very front of the hoof, you know, if this is the hoof and the heel's back here and the frog's in the back, right on the very top, right where the, the sole or the, the hoof wall joins the coronary band, right there, just some pressure, just from your thumb alone, can help increase the circulation in those hooves tremendously. And then a little bit back on both sides and then right at the back there's five ting points on the hooves and that just opens up the circulation now we use the activator to activate those but you can actually just massage that coronary band and do a tremendous amount as far as circulation in the hoof um, just another little thought there um, abscesses let's go to the other end of the foot um, where do they come from usually they usually come from the gut they really start. I mean, you can have concussion fractures, I mean, concussion bruises, if you would, you know, just from pounding on the pavement, things like that. But for the most part, abscesses, bad abscesses in the foot actually start in the gut. Because the gut is, if you can imagine being the, either the worst environment or the best environment, a deadly environment or a healthy environment where they're going to get nutrition from, and a horse is only as healthy as his gut. And his gut changes so rapidly. There's so many things that can affect the gut of a horse. Anything from stress to a change in the weather. Um, as we know, I mean, that's weather's a big deal in horses. Uh, uh, usually if there's a problem, there's a weather change. But when that bacteria in the gut changes, then they can certainly develop abscesses just like that in the feet because that bacteria gets into the gut. The gut is the first line of defense as far as the immune system. That is where the immunity actually starts. If the gut is healthy, in most cases you have a very healthy horse. If the gut is not healthy, you're going to have skin problems. You're going to have allergy problems. You're going to have all kinds of problems because all the toxins can get into the system, all the, you know, the contaminants from the feed and the minerals, and all the junk can still get in the system just by having an unhealthy gut. And you can have, of course, colic, which is extreme, or even anyone had a horse with botulism? Heard of a horse dying of botulism? It's not that common, but it's bad when it happens. That starts in the gut, too from healthy, unhealthy bacteria that become deadly just like that. Botulism organisms are in the gut already. They just become deadly with the change in the gut. So abscesses. But how do you treat abscesses? Um, as we talked about treatment for stifle, the way we treat abscesses is, is, of course, focus on the gut, focus on the immune system to help them fight them off. Uh, that's where many times in traditional medicine we forget, you know, the key to healing is, is to help the body heal rather than take over for the body. Now what chiropractic does, it kind of triggers the body to heal itself. Okay? I mean, it kind of wakes it up, obviously. Other ways to, to help are to provide the nutrition. You know, whatever the building blocks are needed for that particular problem. Um, anything from proteins to fats, and we can talk about those a little bit, but the body is often not getting the nutrition that it needs. Either ours or our horses. I mean, our horse food's junk today. It is absolutely incredible what's in horse feed. And I know some of y'all have heard me talk about that, but they're full of hydrogenated processed fats. They're full of minerals that are other industries' leftovers, like selenium. How many have a selenium vitamin E supplement that they feed? 
your selenium, vitamin E supplements, 99% of them on the market are made from selenite or selenate. Those are, uh, if they have ITE or ATE on the end of them, that is a waste product of copper mining, often full of heavy metals, like arsenic. Um, and then uh, there's a, but that's what all the books tell us that we can use. It's all the regulatory officials tell us that we can use. Although there's been wonderful new products since then, organic seleniums that are extremely safe, they're much more efficient, they work much better, but since they're not on that regulatory book, we can't even put them in horse feed yet. So we have to maybe put them in another supplement for you or something else, or just skirt the issue somehow, which we tend to do a lot of that. <laughs> um, we do what we got to do to get the horses healthy. And so selenium... Um, we used to think of it as just a mineral that, you know, at one time selenium was just a toxic thing. Now we know how beneficial it is for people and for horses. I mean, it's going to prevent most prostate problems in, in men. It's going to help um, tremendously as an antioxidant. And there's thousands and thousands of research about selenium. It's critical. But the organic seleniums are much more efficient and much healthier than what most seleniums we're getting, giving our horses today. So our feeds, our salt blocks, um, they're full of junk. You know, they can't get what they need from a block anyway because they're not liquors. Man doesn't even know exactly what they need. We have some ideas. But um, have you ever had a horse just chew on a block? You know, just chew it up. I mean, tremendously. Well, he's probably looking for something that's probably not even in there because we didn't know to put it in there. Because we hadn't maybe hadn't even discovered the mineral yet because they're man-made. So much of this, so much of that, just like the minerals that we put in our feed. There's so much of this, so much of that. Just a kind of a, a scientific guess of what they need. But why not? We've kind of taken a more natural approach and look at what Mother Nature has to offer where there's maybe micronutrients that we hadn't even discovered yet. And every time we do that, every time we go back to what Mother Nature has, you know, a natural source of salt and mineral versus other industries' leftovers or, or some like the organic selenium versus a man-made selenium or whatever, it always works out for the best because I know there's stuff in there that, that man doesn't know to put in there. You know, there's, it's just so much difference. Uh, an organic or a natural dewormer versus a chemical dewormer has been fantastic for us. But we just keep searching for what's what's natural. See, natural stuff um, has uh, your natural, your buffers, your things that makes it safer to begin with. But also, I'm sure there's micronutrients that we haven't even discovered in this stuff. So, um, abscesses, feeds, gut, back to that. I tend to ramble a little bit, I apologize, but um, if anyone wants to stop me, just raise your hand, okay? Is this helpful so far? Okay, good. Um, abscesses, uh, got to focus on the gut. we got to get the gut right, maybe some probiotics. Uh, and, I, and I use that term lightly because there's tons of probiotics out there, and most of them are just very simple, very simple products. But there's even, but there are... Um, gut formulas that are much better than just probiotics. They might have other things like prebiotics, the precursors of the probiotics. They might have active gut enzymes like amylase and lipase, things to break the proteins down, break the fats down. That's really the kind of good gut supplement we'd be looking for for an abscess situation or a gut issue. Um, things to help the gut become healthier more quickly. 
There's some simple sugars called oligosaccharides and fructo-oligosaccharides that come from different plants that are tremendous for the gut. provides the nutrients for the bacteria to work properly and to digest the food properly and it provides for the immune system. And also abscesses in people and headaches in people. Um, and anytime you might have someone that has boils on their skin occasionally or things like that or in different locations, you got to look at the gut and you got to look at the liver because the liver tends to harbor bacteria, tends to store these um, very harmful situ- uh, fat, obviously, but it can actually uh, hold on and store microorganisms that can then be, re- be released into the body through the bloodstream that cause the abscesses and so on. Um, I think that EPM, uh, for instance, is one of those situations where maybe those that superbug, if you would, is sometimes stored in the fat tissue or in the, either in the liver or in the nerves themselves, in the stored in the fat in the body wherever it is. That's why after you treat these EPM horses with medication, uh, the traditional way they often come back because I think we, the superbugs, so to speak, are still there, um, and I think that occurs with a lot of a lot of um, chronic type infectious type things. Does that make sense? So we want to help clean the liver out. And there's some natural minerals and so on that we can use to help to help detox the liver. Uh, antioxidants are important as well. Um, have, have you all heard the term antioxidant? Okay. It's critical for people. It's critical for our horses. Um, it's basically it's like taking an apple and you cut it. And what happens when you cut it? It starts rusting. It starts rust. It starts turning brown. Well, it's rusting. The body rusts. The body does the same thing. And we don't want that. Uh, one other thing that causes the body to rust is too much iron. Too much iron is bad for the body. It's bad for the heart. It's bad for the joints. And we get a lot of iron in some of these supplements. Other industries waste product iron versus the natural iron from the dirt. Natural iron from the dirt's good. Other industries leftovers are bad. There's a product out there, very popular product that most of your veterinarians will recommend. It's for some reason, I mean, it's full of iron. The last thing you want is a lot of iron in the body because it forms a way for the body to run. No, I'm not going to tell you anything. But it's red. <laughs> but anyway, it's a liquid vitamin supplement. It's a liquid vitamin supplement. It's got a lot of iron. Now, iron oxide from the ground is okay. But anyway, um, with regards to iron, let me make one more point. Do you know that in people, in men, there there's a direct relationship between the iron level and the number of heart attacks, your likelihood of having a heart attack. The higher the iron, the more chances are you have of having a heart attack. And that's been known since the 50s. In fact, um, would you agree with me that premenopausal women have less heart attacks than men at that age? The reason they do is because the menstrual cycle. They get rid of the iron every month. You know, after uh, menopause, women have the same rate of heart attacks as men. Now, this information has been known since the 50s, folks. It's documented out there information. And why every man doesn't give blood every month or at least have his iron check, it's, it's, it's sickening why we don't know that information. And all you got to do is give blood to prevent it. Uh, one second. And um, I personally believe 
that the reason we don't know it is about the same time this big massive research came out and this was like in 50,000 men that studied and women uh, in the in the 50s um, they started um, they developed the uh, about the same time developed the bypass surgery and the stents way back when but that's not I mean if you know someone that might be something to share with them yes I have no clue. Well, because they think that they might be anemic if they haven't. Yes, why do they recommend iron supplements for women that are menstruating? Uh, I disagree. You know, unless they're anemic. If they're anemic, then there may be a reason for it. That could be, you know, you lose your blood, you can lose your iron. That's the way you get rid of iron. But um, men should not have a vitamin supplement with iron in it. There should be a vitamin supplement for men and a vitamin supplement for women. Men should not have iron. Premenopausal women uh, may have iron. Okay, off the subject a little bit, but it's critical. You know, the, the nutrition is critical for any joint issue, any skin issue, um, as well. So, uh, any questions before we go on? Yes. I was just wondering why my mirror Excellent question. Does, and does she have any problems now? No. Okay. She's wondering why her marriage dirt. Well, it's probably because she's looking for something. It's not uncommon at all for horses to want to eat dirt. And they're all the more reason to go back to the natural sources of salt and mineral that are mined from the ground versus other industries' leftovers because I think there's micronutrients that we haven't discovered. For instance, we personally have a mare. Three years ago, she had, had to have a cesarean section. And we took her, we did it down at UT, University of Tennessee. Uh, she was there for about a month. I mean, that's a pretty major deal in a horse, to say the least. I think I bought the whole wing of the university down there. But anyway, um, she survived. The baby didn't. But um, she survived. But when she come, came home, um, she was not the best that day. She, you know, she just wasn't up to par what I thought she should be. So... She still had a belly wrap on and everything. I actually have a video of what I'm about to tell you, which kind of was amazing. But So I figured I'd just let her, she'd been in a stall, and I figured I'd just let her go outside and pick a little grass and see if we couldn't get her to eat again and you know, just try to help stimulate her appetite a little bit by some nice grass. So we take her out around the barn, and she starts leading me all over the place. And she passes up great-looking grass, and she finally finds a spot where she not only starts picking the grass, she doesn't even mess with the grass, she just starts digging the dirt, you know, pulling the grass up by the roots and literally eating the dirt. Just like you say, eating the dirt, eating the dirt. And another hole, I mean a hole about that big around, about that deep, several of them eating the dirt. <clears throat> and um, that was very fascinating to me. And, and to make a long story short, I mean, this mare, the turnaround was just like that in this mare. I mean, she just started eating. She started drinking. She was missing something that she wasn't getting in those red salt blocks at the vet school. And why? I mean, I knew at the time that they were awful. The iron oxide in those red mineral blocks tie up all the other minerals anyway. And so there's about the same as salt blocks. But salt, even salt, is made for industrial use. It's not made for horses. It's made for industry. It's kill-dried. It's bleached. It's dead. It's junk. So there's there's just not any significant nutrition there, and they're not liquors anyway. They are chewers. 
But anyway, um, it's in, the horses that have these issues, you got to start with the minerals start first. And the single most healthy thing you can do, in my opinion, is throw away their salt blocks and mineral blocks and let them have free access to a natural source of salt and mineral. And some of y'all you know, use their products and know about them in here, but again, it's from the desert. There used to be the ocean. Every mineral known to man is in there. And if you have joint issues, skin issues, or whatever, that just works phenomenally well. But why I hadn't given this mare, I forgot, you know. I mean, she should have had it when she was at the university. But she just started turning around just like that once she got it. So, um, laminitis. The biggest cause of laminitis, in my opinion, is salt blocks and mineral blocks. Because they cannot get what they need from a block fast enough for when they need it. Their needs change hour to hour to hour. And when the weather changes, their needs change. And if they, for instance... uh, um, I hate to repeat this for some of you, but it's so critical that you understand this. Potassium is is a deadly thing in horses. Potassium is all we put on the fields. It's all that's in our ground, okay, as far as fertilizer. Nitrogen, potassium, and phosphorus. 10, 10, 10 fertilizer. If the grass thinks it's going to die or, say, springtime when it's starting to grow, it pulls fertilizer up from the ground because it brings more water with it. Would you agree with that? Okay. When it brings the potassium from the fertilizer into the up into the grass, if a horse gets too much potassium in a short period of time, that he can't balance with a big gulp of free choice loose salt and mineral, then that potassium changes the acidity in the gut, and that's catastrophic to the organisms in the gut. And anything can develop laminitis, colic, founder, abscesses, you name it. So the single most healthy thing you can do for any horse is free choice, loose salt and minerals. Does that make sense? Can you can you think with me on that compared to being able to get a big gulp versus licking him itself to death trying to get it from a salt box that may not even have what he needs anyway in it? Make sense? And also a lot of these minerals are full of heavy metals. The man-made stuff, the other industries leftovers. Like I mentioned, the arsenic and the selenium. Um, there's research on that. A friend of mine, uh, I couldn't figure out where all these heavy metals were coming from because I used to do a lot of hair analysis and I could tell exactly what minerals were in the horse. And I kept trying to find the source of these heavy metals and I finally found a friend of a friend who led me to a veterinarian who already had the research that showed most of our minerals are full of heavy metals like lead, aluminum, arsenic, mercury, and so on. Major university, land-grant university, every time he'd try to publish the information, he'd get called to the dean's office because of all the politics, all the money the university gets from mineral companies, from fertilizer companies, and so on. You know, an agricultural-based college. And it was, it was awful. But, I mean, it, this, this particular source of mineral that we found, he actually already had it, and he shared it with me. And you remember all these mares that were aborting in Kentucky several years ago? Well, the story, the media, the, the, we all think it was caused by caterpillars. That's what we were told, right? He will look you right in the eye and say, caterpillars didn't have anything to do with it, in my opinion. He said, every farm that I attended to, when we took away the mineral blocks and the salt blocks and the free choice minerals that they had, because they were man-made too, we took those away and we gave them a natural source of salt and minerals. They stopped aborting the next day. I mean, it's mind-boggling. But yet he gets put 
chastised for you know putting that information out. It's amazing in the politics. I mean, I and I know that's true because I talked to one of the mineral company owners a few years ago, uh, and he was telling me about this professor at the school that was causing such a problem because of telling people saw blocks and mineral blocks were so bad. He said they put him back in the back burner where he couldn't talk to anybody anymore. And he was like one of the leading pathologists at the school was the leading pathologist and been there for 30 some years so I mean it's information that I'm getting out I'm trying to get out for him because he's it's, uh, it's unreal so he would have to write articles about cattle instead of horses you know things like that just try to get it out there somehow but they're awful for horses yes can water have too much iron in it? water can certainly have too much iron but I don't think that's as much of a problem as your Iron contaminants, you know, or, because that's and that's more natural source of iron versus some other industries leftover iron wise. Yes. Um, you, know, you just mentioned that some companies have free choice. Mm-hmm. We're talking, uh, well, I am not going to say the company, you know, but can I ask you later? I mean, I don't know if for free choice I'm using this. Okay, well, let, let me just let me just talk about free. The question was, you know, what company did he use? Well, obviously we want you to use ours, and uh, but but other free choice minerals are so much of this, so much of that, you know, so much calcium, so much from other industries. You know, they're man-made mixes, and man doesn't know everything. There's minerals today that we hadn't discovered ten years ago. There's going to be minerals ten years from now that we don't know about today. So if we don't know about them, how can we put them in a block or even a free choice or whatever? So the key is, what does Mother Nature have? You know, where do the Mustangs eat? What's the most natural thing you can get? Well, our source, this is a commercial, I guess, is from the desert. It used to be the ocean. Every mineral known to man is in there. Okay? And uh, I'm sure there's micronutrients in there that we hadn't discovered yet. So, and that, that's those micronutrients. In fact, cesium. If you know somebody that has cancer, I suggest you do a search on the Internet for cesium. Cesium is phenomenal for cancer. It totally changes the the pH of the body from acid to alkaline. Most people who have cancer have alkaline or have uh, acidic pHs in the body. Cesium, with the right amounts and the right practitioner working with you, you can change the pH to tremendously help. It's C-E-S-I-U-M. Another thing that you probably haven't heard about is apricots. Tremendous for cancer. Apricot seeds. You know that information is so suppressed that I could probably get shot for telling you that today. Seriously, I mean, they, they, these companies that have tried to market apricot seeds, the guys come in with their guns blazing and shut them down. I'm serious. It's apricot seeds. You've heard of laetrile. It's the same thing. It's what one of the amygdalin that actually is laetrile is the, the chemical. It's a lot of information out there that we just aren't exposed to. Apricot seeds and cesium. If you know anyone with cancer, please tell them about it. Uh, if they can find it. It's very difficult. Yes. Steve McQueen. Hmm? After Steve McQueen went down to Mexico for that uh, treatment. Oh, really? Didn't work for him. Well, it may not work for everybody. You know, who, who knows what he might have had in the meantime? You know, what did he have? You know, what else was in it? You don't want drugs. You don't. The, the more natural you can get, because anything synthetic, anything artificial, other stuff, 
the body has to deal with, with joints or otherwise. You know, I don't care what's going on. If it's synthetic, the body has to deal with it. Let me just mention this. We talked about hypothyroidism earlier this morning. I'm giving a good example. Does anyone have a hypothyroid horse in here? Or maybe hypothyroid themselves? Okay, what's the first thing your veterinarian's going to do? Put them on thyroid medicine, right? A synthetic thyroid hormone. When you do that, that hormone triggers the body to tell the thyroid to not produce anymore. Okay, and actually the negative feedback mechanism that starts shutting the thyroid down. Now, would you agree with me that that thyroid is so much more responsible for producing so many, 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 many more things than just that synthetic thyroid hormone? So if you shut it down by the use of the hormone, what else is going on in the body? You know, the, you know, how is it negatively affected otherwise by the thyroid not functioning? And even more importantly, would it not make more sense to provide some micronutrients or maybe some way, something to help the thyroid produce more to begin with? I mean, and that can be done, and we do it every day by providing the right micronutrients, getting the vitamins, getting the minerals right in that horse, because they're not... You know, they may, that may be the whole issue to begin with. In fact, most hypothyroid, insulin-resistant Cushing's horses that, of course, lead to laminitis, um, the minerals are out because they're not getting it from the food, and they're not. Um, and in many cases, they're not being properly supplemented. Let me just talk. Give you an example of that. Commercial feeds. They're made to hit the middle of the road. As far as the vitamins and minerals, they have to be fortified with vitamins and minerals because it's not in the grain. It's not in oats. It's not in corn. It's not in any grain today because their soils are so deficient and all we're using is fertilizer. Let's say you have a commercial feed. Can you imagine that them making that feed? They have to start with somewhere. So let's, let's just use an example and say if this horse weighs 1,000 pounds and he eats 5 pounds of this feed a day, but we're going to put enough vitamins and minerals and so on in that amount to make it perfect for that horse. Does that make sense? Okay. But what if you have one of these hypothyroid, insulin-resistant, overweight, crusty-necked, laminated prone horses? What's the first thing you're going to do with that overweight horse? Don't feed him You're going to cut back on his feed, right? And at least cut back on it. And let's say you're only giving him a pound a day. He's only going to get one-fifth of the vitamins, minerals, and everything else that he needs. He might get the calories from the food, you know, from food, but he's going to get, be getting less of what he needs. That negatively affects the metabolism even more, so it becomes more of an easy keeper. If you have a heart keeper, he's eating 10 pounds a day, he's going to be getting a lot more that might tip the scales the other way to throw some of these other minerals out of, out of balance, which could lead to lameness. You know, your zinc and your copper are directly related to lameness. Your heavy metals that I mentioned that could be coming from the minerals or the salt blocks or mineral blocks, aluminum, for instance. Aluminum is a big cause of lameness. It actually pulls calcium out of the bones and makes calcium deposits in different parts of the body. But the point is, instead of feeding a commercial feed where it's kind of a shotgun approach, you know, we found the feed better to feed oats. Just oats. Just whatever amount of oats that horse needs, even if it's just a handful, or if he needs more, it doesn't matter. But whatever amount that horse needs, and then you can add the supplement to it to make those oats complete. And you can add the fat to it to make those um, feeds complete. Fats are a big part of joint issues. If you don't have the right fats in the body, you're not going to have good joints. 
So you've got to add those fats back. And most of your commercial feeds are full of hydrogenated processed, you know, commercial refined fats where all the goodies sold out of it already anyway, filtered out. But fats are critical for any joint issue. And so are the vitamins and minerals. Oats have worked best. You know, we have some supplements to make those oats complete called Just Fat Oats. We have an oil to make the fat complete called H2 oil. But that's the feed. And then the free choice salt and minerals, that takes the place of those, and that's going to help nutritionally almost every, every problem. Skin, if you don't have the right essential fatty acids, you're going to not have good skin. And if you, and most of our feeds don't have the right fatty acids. They have hydrogenated processed fats. Probably the biggest one, of, besides the minerals, which I think is the biggest issue, the next critical thing for joint skin and everything is those fats. Because the fats that are in our commercial feeds are not good and they're hurt affecting the joints, they're affecting the, everything in the body. Do you want to hear just a little bit more about fats, how critical they are? I mean, they are life-threatening for people. I mean, they, we are dying right now in this country because of the junk fats. We have more neurological problems. Lamenesses can be neurological problems, right? Fats, most of your nerves are made up of fats. Your brain's made up of fat. It's 60, 70, 80% fat. Your spinal cord's fat. The only reason a child begins to walk is because the spinal cord becomes wrapped in fat myelinated, that's what they call it, and then he can walk. They're critical. Most of our neuro, neurodegenerative diseases like ALS and Alzheimer's and these uh, situations where you see people in wheelchairs where they hurt so bad from uh, MS or, um, well, there's dozens of different names for the conditions, but they're fat-related. And I, and I feel strongly about that because I personally have heard in seminars a physician in Pennsylvania who is treating these conditions with fat. She has people coming in her practice in wheelchairs with ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease, and other neurodegenerative diseases where the nerves just don't work anymore. And she's injecting good fats, IV. And they're going home walking. They're going home walking. And that's because every cell is surrounded by fat. And this junk fat that's in her horse feed and our feed uh, is it's damaging all of us and especially our horses because we're on this kind of high fat craze right now uh, in our horse diets and unfortunately we've forgotten that feed manufacturers aren't using the more expensive fats they're using the cheaper fats those that are processed and refined where all the natural vitamin E's and sterols and good stuff's filtered out and sold somewhere else but they get the fat level up it's just not good fat it's bad fat yes ma'am Thank you for bringing that. That's good. Um, I'm not real fond of flax. It is a great source of omega-3. Um, and people, only about about a third of people can't utilize flax. They don't have the proper enzymes to break it down. I think the jury's still out in horses. Um, but the biggest concern that I have with flax is it has a tendency to go rancid quickly. And it's just an economics thing. And, you know, how long has it been stored? Where was it? You know, how long has it been on the truck? Is it if it's ground? If it's ground, by the time you get it, chances are it's already starting to oxidize. Starting. If it's ground, it's going rancid. It's just like oats. Once you start, once you break the hull of an oats, 
it starts going rancid like an apple. When you cut an apple, it starts turning brown. It's oxidizing. 